When I was first in college, I made a trip to Chicago to visit a friend of mine. She and I decided that we were going to go downtown and we were going to go grab a bite to eat and walk around a little bit and see what the Chicago scene was about. And I must admit that I was much more made for cornfields than skyscrapers. And so I was a little bit on edge already. But as we were on our way back from supper, we were going to catch the L train to get back to the part of town we were staying in when this woman reached out to grab for me. I instinctively pulled myself away and quickly ushered my friend up the steps of the L. And when I got to the top, there was something in my heart that was twisting and turning. The woman had said something to me when she reached out, something in a very soft voice. And when I got to the top of those stairs, I understood what she had said, and it broke my heart. I had proclaimed myself to be a Christian man, a man who loved God and loved his neighbor. But I absolutely failed to even hear this homeless woman. Could I please have your leftovers? When I had finally understood what I had just done, I started to cry. I had reacted out of fear. I had failed to see my neighbor. Acting on this realization, I ran down the steps and I gave her the leftovers and a little bit of water. And I wanted to apologize, but I didn't even know how. So I left with a curt, God bless you, and ran back up the stairs. I tell you this because it opened my heart up to the realization that I needed conversion, that there was more to my life that needed converting than merely just attending daily mass like I was at the time, or going to spend an hour with Jesus in adoration, or going frequently to confession, or being in a prayer group. There was more conversion that needed to happen in my life. I needed to be more like the Good Samaritan. And we shouldn't strive to be like the Good Samaritan because Jesus told us to. It's a fine reason. But I think there's an even better one. We should try to be like the Good Samaritan because Jesus is the Good Samaritan. We were the ones who were left, robbed, beaten, abandoned, left to die. Jesus is the one who met us in our pain, in our poverty, who healed us, who brought us into a community who could look after us. He is the one who offers healing and restoration. We love like the Good Samaritan because we were first loved by the Good Samaritan, the one who does not see our pain or our poverty 
and turn away, but he embraces us. We are called to be good Samaritans, to meet the needs of our neighbors, because Jesus became our neighbor to meet our needs. But how do we do this? It's such a challenging way to live. But there's an old adage that goes, hurt people, hurt people. And healed people, heal people. Hurt people, hurt people. And healed people, heal people. In order to be like the Good Samaritan, we must first experience the love of the Good Samaritan, of Jesus. We must encounter his power to save, his power to heal, his power to restore. And this isn't just fluffy language. Jesus really wants to meet us in the pain of our rejection, in the pain of our broken hearts, in the real, intangible poverty that each of us experiences. We must bring our brokenness, our woundedness to Jesus, to know his healing touch. If we live out of our hurt, we will hurt people. We will react instinctively like I did in Chicago. But if we have known the restorative power of Jesus, we will be agents of healing, not because of what we do, but because of who we are. Our lives will be a testament to the loving care, the transformative power of an encounter with Jesus. And when we know the love with which we have been loved, we are free to live differently. We can be free from the chains of fear, of pain, of rejection, and we can then extend this love to our neighbor. Now, when we go out to serve our neighbor, we will see them as somebody worthy of our love, worthy of the sacrifices it takes to love them. Our hearts will be supple enough, having received the loving care of the Good Samaritan, to become a Good Samaritan. Now, we might not have the means to end poverty, or hunger, or nakedness, but we will be rich in love to suffer with those who are lacking. We will see the grieving family, and we will embrace them. We will see the couple that struggles with fertility, and we will weep with them. We will know the shame and suffering that a woman in a crisis pregnancy is going through, and we will not turn away. We will see the deep pain and abandonment that accompanies addiction, and we will have the courage to set the captive free. We will not have the solution to all of these problems. It's impossible. But we will be there with them, Every good Samaritan must first be loved by the good Samaritan who saw us in our need and did not turn away.
We will gain the courage to endure suffering, not through gritted teeth and not with white knuckles, but in union with Jesus on the cross, in union with our brothers and sisters who are suffering, whether it's a tangible need or a spiritual lack or a broken relationship, we'll have a new courage and it will come from knowing the love of our wounded healer and the ability to become like him, offering our neighbor a new life, a life full of forgiveness, a life full of restoration, a life open to new possibilities that were once closed. Only if we encounter our own poverty, see our own need for our Savior, see our own self on that street down on the way to Jericho in need of a Savior, only then will we be able to have this kind of love because we will have received it and we will be able to give it.